Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello. Hello. My name's Craig Fields. And I'm David Long. And you're listening to Is It Worth It, the film review podcast where we go out of our way to see almost all the films in the cinema, even the bad ones, so you don't have to. Week 13 is upon us and we're bringing you three films this week. Yes, we are. And we'll be kicking off with Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard uh, starring in the new Jurassic World film, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And they star alongside multiple nonsensical dinosaurs. We'll also be taking a look at our rom-com of the week, which is uh, Book Club starring Diane Keaton, Jane Fonda, Candice Bergen and Mary Steenburgen. And finally, we will be looking at and reviewing the very spooky, scary Hereditary, uh, this week's horror movie starring Alex Wolfe, Tony Collette and Millie Shapiro. Yeah, that's a nice, well-rounded show of three films. Three films. A little bit quieter this week than usual, but it is the summer and what you tend to get is big summer blockbusters and we've had that in the uh, uh, solo Star Wars story. Jurassic World, and obviously the film that I'm looking forward to. I've been waiting 14 years. Incredibles 2. You've been waiting 14 years for that? Well, it, the original came out 14 years ago, so yes. <laughs> Can't believe it's been 14 years. It has been a very, very long time. Um, and rightly so. The first one was so brilliant. I'm hoping for big things from the second one. Mm. Well, um, I think next week we'll have a fair few films to review as well. I'm just having a look at what we've is coming out. I know Ocean's 8 is out tomorrow, uh, which is Monday. So that will definitely be on next week's show. Uh, show Dogs is also out. Uh, both me and Craig have been very busy, so we haven't seen that yet, but I'm going to endeavour to see that and bring you a review next week. <laughs> and the review will probably be... It's about talking dogs. If you like talking dogs, go and see it. Yeah. Uh, there's also Super Troopers 2, uh, The Happy Prince. There's quite a few things out next week that we can we can try and go and see and bring you the review for. Is it worth it? Yes. And as always, please do keep in contact with the show. You can do that by the Twitter sphere, Facebook, Instagram, or you can email us. And Craig, how can they do that? You can email us by sending an email. Well, yes, of course. Two, yes. <laughs> my mail is worth it at gmail.com. Fantastic. Yeah, so we've been getting uh, more emails recently, some good film reviews, etc. But we also want your opinions on the show, good, bad or indifferent. So let your uh, let us know who your favourite presenter is, whether it's me or me. Um, or me. Or, or Craig. Uh, and let us know what you think of the show. You know, if you're not enjoying it, tell us. If you are enjoying us, enjoying it, tell us why. You know, we're here to... Uh, let you know what's worth seeing in the cinema, but we also want to give you a good listening experience. So please do get in contact. And as always, we will be giving out some free cinema tickets. Yes, our exclusive Cineworld prizes and money off vouchers for the unlimited card still continues to go. And uh, if you stick around and listen to the show, you'll be finding out how you can win those and get your money off your unlimited card as well. Yes, well, that's enough waffle from us. Let's kick off the show in our usual way with the dramatic... Box office run that. This is the box office rundown. Brought to you by Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast. Yes, that's right. We're here for the box office rundown for something, something, because I haven't brought it up. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, there it is. The weekend of June the 8th to the 10th, 2018. David. Kick us off from the bottom, please. Yes, so we will start at number 10, and we have McQueen, um, which has been out for one week, and it grossed £100,000 at the weekend, which 
like I said, with it being the su- uh, summer at the moment, uh, that's enough to get you into the top 10. Yeah, so this is a documentary uh, about Alexander McQueen's rags to riches story. Uh, sort of a modern day fairy tale, as they say. Uh, and uh, we are going to try and see this film, but it's not out in many um, mm. cinemas. So we'll see if we can get around to seeing it in uh, one of the London Cineworlds uh, this forthcoming week. If we have some time, it's going to be a very packed out week this week. Yes, we shall. And Craig, what do we have above that at number nine? At number nine, we have Carla. This is a Hindi film, I believe. Um, it took £200,000 at the weekend. Uh, so just a hundred grand more than McQueen. Um, not too sure what this is. Um, Again, these kind of films, we would like to bring you reviews of them. But the problem is, is they come into cinemas and they go out so quickly and they're normally shown only in the big cities. So they are very, very difficult to review. But if you have seen McQueen or Carla, please do email us and let us know what you thought. And we will most certainly read that out on next week's show. Above that, at number eight, we have Show Dogs. Um, this is a film about show dogs. And I think that's probably all you need to know. Talking dogs. Uh, the trailer looked pretty unwatchable, really. Um, but watch it, I shall. And I will bring you a review of that next week. I think it is fair to say that this is a children's film. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably yeah. a fair thing. To see. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to see too many adults going to see this. Um, what do we have above that, Craig? At number seven, we still have the secret viewing. Of Blade Runner. Yeah, the not-so-secret viewing. It took another 200 grand at the weekend. It's been in the box office now for 12 weeks. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what can you say? Brilliant film. <laughs> yeah, well, great film, yeah. Um, and above that, at number six, we have the Oscar-nominated Sherlock Gnomes. You can't keep saying it's Oscar-nominated. <laughs> <laughs> it's not <laughs> Oscar-nominated. No, it's not. Um, it's doing very well, though. It is. Uh, I think a lot of children actually have enjoyed this film. Uh, and on the back of our review, I think lots and lots of children have seen it. I mean, it, it's clear to say, you know, they took another 300 grand on the back of our mm. podcast, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, if you are the executive producer of Sherlock Gnomes, we'll take 10%. That's 30 grand. Elton John, isn't it? Is it? <laughs> well, and if you're listening, I know you're a big listener. Um, yeah, I'll give you my digits and you can transfer me the 30 large. Uh, no, that's been... <laughs> That's been in the box office for five weeks. I mean, look, I mean, what can you say about Sherlock Gnomes? It was interesting. Kids enjoy it. Zach and Harley, certainly. Um, You know, it's a kid's film. And in the summer, if you need a break, send them to the cinema. (laughs) (laughs) Accompanied by a suit of ballot, of course. (laughs) Craig, where are we? Uh, We're at number five. Number five is Avengers Infinity War, taking £400,000 at the weekend to add to its already impressive £70.8 million Mm. in the box office for seven weeks. What more can we say about this film? Uh, Great film. Really enjoyed it. Not to be seen in IMAX 3D, in my personal opinion, um, just because it's just too much going on on the Mm. screen. Um, Looking forward to Ant-Man and the Wasp that's coming out in the next month or so, which will be following on from this story. Indeed. And above that, we have a film that we will be reviewing on today's show, which is Book Club. It's been out for two weeks. It's taken two million pounds, took 500 grand at the weekend. Both me and Craig have seen this and we will be reviewing it very shortly. In at number three, we have Solo, A Star Wars Story. Um, There was a lot of criticism um, about the film's box office performance um, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and looking at it, it's grossed 16.3 million after being in the box office for three weeks. Uh, it took 1.2 million pounds. I think it's stead- it's very steady, um, but still it's, not taking an great. impressive amount. But I think this is going back to our... Uh, um, we've, I think we spoke about this. It was the fatigue of having Star Wars films coming out so often mm. that people are, are not flocking to go and see it. It could be one of the reasons. It could be timing as well. Mm. I mean, this is... It is a summer blockbuster as well. It which- is isn't ideal um in my review i said uh and i've received a bit of stick for it that i've this is the first star wars film i've ever seen um and actually for me someone who's interested in in getting into star wars but didn't really know where the hell to begin this this gave me a, a really nice little uh entry into the star wars universe i thought it was a very good film um and I look forward to catching up on the other 28 or how many ever, <laughs> how many there are. Blimey, tongue twister. Number two, Deadpool 2. 
taken nearly 30 million. <laughs> Are you okay? Do you need another sip of your coffee? You <laughs> no, I don't because I spilt it down myself and it was very hot. Um, and it's very strong as well. It's some sort of Costa Rican blend. I don't know what the hell's in it. No, you but... weren't supposed to use that one. Was I not? No. It's gone off. Has it? Yeah. Oh. Didn't you see it was all clumped together and all... all well, it does taste a bit funky. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Lovely. Where were we? Get back to the uh, Deadpool 2. Um, it's taken 30 million in four weeks. Uh, 1.2 million at the weekend? Yeah, I'm just thinking... I still don't know whether I enjoyed this as much as the first. It had a much bigger budget. Bigger budget doesn't mean better comedy. almost never does. You don't need a big budget to make a film funny. It did mean more explosions. Um, look, it's a good film. I look forward to the third one. But again, how long will it go on for? I think three may be enough. Well, it depends, really, because um, Disney and, <laughs> and Fox were in a situation where they were going to be bought out by Disney or Fox was going to be bought out by Disney. Mm. Um, and that would therefore combine um, Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe with, yeah. with all the, uh, the Fox stuff. Um, so it's unlikely Deadpool would be joining the roster of uh, the Avengers, but there could be something going on where, um, mm. you know, one of the you know, Ant-Man and Deadpool somehow team up or something like that. Well, I had a look on a, a fan forum, so for the in, sort of Avengers, the Marvel series, um, and people said they wouldn't be they wouldn't object to him having a, a minor cameo in an Avengers film. Yeah, see, um, I would object to that either, to be honest. I think that'd be very interesting. like a funny cameo. Do you know what I mean? So he just appears for thirty seconds, like in the background, fighting someone ridiculous in like a comedy way. But don't overdo it. Don't mm. in, don't take the comedy in the. And the and the seriousness or the you know the more serious nature of the Avengers and mix it yeah. because the whole point of Deadpool is it is a bit of a P I S S take. Yes, no, I agree. Um, but there, there's no um, actual solid evidence that this deal was going to go through because now Comcast have now put in a massive like counter massive. counter deal to like get rid of the deal that Disney have offered. Oh, right. It's like $65 million or something ridiculous. $65 million. That's probably on the back of this podcast. So they $65 can... million or $65 billion. It was something ridiculous. So they can cut us 10% as well. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, um, but but before, we, before we continue, I do want to just say, if, if it does go through this deal, it wouldn't be until next summer that we actually get anything that goes through. Um, because I know Kevin Feige, who is the producer for all the Marvel Cinematic Films, wants to get the X-Men involved in the Avengers at some point, which could be very interesting. Mm. We saw Deadpool tool in... D- Deadpool. Deadpool tool? <laughs> what was that? Sorry, it's... um. I think it's this coffee, actually. Someone... It's a bit... It's it's nice. It's strong. It's Someone... off. I think you're having a bit of a reaction to it. <laughs> um, yeah, we saw Deadpool 2 in 4DX, and we really enjoyed it. It was a good laugh. It's something I'd recommend you doing in a group of friends. It's certainly an experience... Um, and the nearest one to us, if you're listening in Hemel Hempstead, is Milton Keynes. But there's a number of Cineworld 4DX experiences all around the country. Make sure you go and check that out. And at number one, we have Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. It's been out for one week and it has grossed 10.6 million, which is okay. I mean, it's not bad, is it? It's not bad, um, but it's not great. <laughs> Um, although I don't know, I'm... I mean, ten point six million pounds isn't 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 bad because if you look at how much Deadpool two has taken yeah. in four weeks, and that's thirty mil, you know. But I, the reason I say it's not great, I think I think the Jurassic World film is one that needs to smash its first week um, because I think as reviews are coming out and people can make their own opinions when they see it and they can also listen to our review later in the show, I don't think it's going to get the sustained viewing mm. figures that Deadpool 2 will get or Solo, a Star Wars Or War even story. Avengers. Or even Avengers, no. Mm. I think 10.6 million, I, I, I don't know if it will really build on that. If it had, had more like sort of 14, 15 million in its opening weekend. Um, but we have seen that and we will be reviewing that today next yeah so david that's the box office rundown for this week would you like to do the uh final rundown as you usually do yes so at number 10 we have mcqueen number nine is carla 
Number eight, Show Dogs. Number seven, the not-so-secret viewing of Blade Runner. Number six, the Oscar-nominated Sherlock Gnomes. Number five, we have Avengers Infinity War. Number four, Book Club. Number three, Solo, A Star Wars Story. Number two is Deadpool 2. And at the top of the pile, the dinosaurs rule Jurassic World. Craig and I are both Cineworld Unlimited members and we think it's fantastic value. Now we're in partnership with Cineworld Hemel Hempstead, we are proud to offer you £10 off your first month of unlimited membership. This means for £7.90 you will have unlimited access to as many films as you like and with films like Solo, A Star Wars Story, Jurassic World, A Fallen Kingdom and Incredibles 2 all coming out in the cinema soon, you are spoilt for choice. As well as unlimited films, you'll also receive 10% off food and drink in the cinema, exclusive preview screenings of upcoming films and 25% off in selected restaurants. Unlimited customers can now enjoy 25% off food and drink at Café Rouge, Bella Italia, La Iguana, La Tasca and Belgo. All this for the special price of £7.90 for the first month. Just use the code is it worth it? Welcome back. We're now taking a look at our first film of the podcast. It's Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. This is the fifth film in the Jurassic Park uh, franchise. And uh, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard are reprising their roles as Owen and Claire. Now, essentially, these two characters are having to mount a campaign to rescue the remaining dinosaurs from another extinction level event after a dormant volcano rules to life. Let's take a listen to a clip that we've got here. We resurrect the most lethal predators this planet has ever seen. Am I dead? Not yet, kid. We've taken things way too far. Genetic power has now been unleashed. We're not on an island anymore. This has to end. We've entered a new era. Welcome to Jurassic World. Ready PG-13. So that was a very short trailer for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, uh, featuring the voiceover of the fantastic Jeff Goldblum. And we selected that because I think it sort of neatly summarises the whole film, actually. Um, and th this is going to be a difficult film to review. But I will start off by saying that I was disappointed. Um, I think that's the, the easiest way to, to kick off this review. And I was disappointed for a number of reasons. I just felt that this film was a little bit ridiculous, if I'm honest. Um, and I think it's ridiculous in a number of ways. Firstly, the plot. Secondly, the action. And thirdly, just the overall chemistry of the main characters in the film. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the 2015 remake uh the the last film jurassic world and i'll tell you why the two main reasons one the genetically uh, modified dinosaurs and yeah. two the velociraptors in the film what i didn't like about jurassic world was that they they immediately took away the uniqueness and the amazingness of the dinosaurs by making a genetically enhanced one Basically, what they were saying was the T-Rex isn't enough. The hundreds of different different species of dinosaurs isn't enough for the modern universe. We need to make something bigger and more ridiculous. And I just thought that was a dangerous path to go down. And they continue to go down that path in this film. And I don't think it works. And secondly, the Velociraptors. So we have Chris Pratt basically having Velociraptors as pets really yeah, yeah, yeah um in in jurassic world and that doesn't work because you look at steven spielberg's original film the velociraptors were terrifying um and they were terrifying actually before we even saw them i spoke to you about this before there's a fantastic scene in the original where sam neill is giving uh, a, a lecture a sort of speech around um some some uh, velociraptor bones which have been discovered and he explains that uh, dinosaurs are basically uh, birds from the same family as birds. And, and a child goes, oh, so the Velociraptor was just a big turkey then. 
And then there's this fantastic scene where Sam Neill describes the Velociraptor, its intelligence, the fact that it's a pack hunter. And then he starts to talk about its claw that it uses to disembowel its prey and eat it whilst it's alive. And you see the, the look of shock on this kid's face. And as an audience, we're already scared of the Velociraptors before we've even seen them. And then there's that fantastic scene in Spielberg's original where the Velociraptors are hunting the two children in that kitchen. And in the Jurassic World film, by making them pets, basically, and there's the uh, main Velociraptor, which is blue, I think you take away the the fear of the dinosaurs and they continue with that theme by having this volcano that's exploding. And I said to you, there's no mention of the volcano in any of the original films, no. any of the original literature. But they go back to rescue the dinosaurs and they obviously pull on the heartstrings by Blue being the only velociraptor left. Um, and and if I'm honest, I've, I've thought about this review so much because I was such a big fan of Spielberg's original that I've got my head in a bit of a mess, really, because <laughs> there's so much I want to say. But it 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 doesn't work. The, the original, the best bits of the original when were when they hark back to Jurassic Park and some of the shots that they had in there of, of the original park. But I thought it, it, it went too far. It was too futuristic. I didn't like the genetically enhanced dinosaurs. I didn't like what they did with the velociraptors, like I've said. And I feel like this whole franchise is now starting to get itself in a bit of a mess. Yeah. Um, and before I go on to give my nine-point breakdown... Um, <laughs> What did you want to say about it, Craig? Well, I agree with everything you've just pretty much said there. But for me, looking at it cinematically, there weren't many great shots in this film. And I mean, early on, you're treated with um, the island obviously exploding and they're having to take the dinosaurs off the island. And there's this fantastic shot as the 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 boat or the um, they're on the docks and the boat the boat's pulling away and. It's cinematically beautiful, mm. but it's the cinematic nature of the film mm. that is is distinctly lacking. Um, the te the tension building that Spielberg brought in the in the original film isn't here in this film. There's a lot of there's too much connection in a sense, trying to make people feel sorry for the dinosaurs, mm. and they've gone down that route, and it doesn't work for no. me. It you you want to be afraid of the dinosaurs because these are these are creatures that that rule the world many millions of years ago and they were fierce creatures and it they're not doing that in this film they're, they're really not scaring you and that's what the whole concept mm. of jurassic park and jurassic world is about really isn't it what, what has happened is they've got themselves in a bit of a mess with who's the bad guys and who and who's the good guys fundamentally are the dinosaurs bad well they seem to be going down a route where no they aren't we're supposed to feel sorry for them that they're about to go extinct um, we're supposed to draw an emotional connection to Blue, the Velociraptor. And again, there's this sort of like ethics question that they propose about, you know, is it is it ethical to bring back creatures from extinction? And it all feels a bit of a mess and a bit confused. And that isn't even the biggest problem with the film, actually. The plot is weak. Um you know, the, the, getting the—it's—it's it's just a mess. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the plot—the plot's weak. The script and the dialogue is is poor. There's too much slapstick comedy going yeah. on in the film. It's a big mess. Now, I think we should go and cut to our our phone call with Jack um, and take a listen to that, and then we'll summarise our feelings up overall at the after after that. So let's have a listen to that. Hello, Jack. It's David from Is It Worth It, the film Hello. review podcast. Hey, David. How are you today? I'm very well, my friend. Uh, Craig's also here. Hello, Jack. How are you doing, Craig? Right? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Um, the reason we are calling you is, I know you listen to the show, so thank you very much for that. But also, um, I know you're a big fan of the Jurassic World or Jurassic Park uh, universe, and you have seen yeah. the the original new film and also the new new film, Jurassic World, A Fallen Kingdom. So we'll kick off by yeah. just asking you, what did you think of the film? So um, I liked it, you know. Uh, I wouldn't get it, give it any more than that, though. I liked it. It's a solid film. Um, 
and a lot to live up to, you see. So, mm. what from the, it was from, okay. Do you mean a lot to live up to from the original Steven Spielberg or from the original? Yeah. Yeah, and then obviously... Well, the... all of it, really, because it's mm. um, essentially the fifth film in a franchise. Yeah. Um, it had to live up to, you know, the the Steven Spielberg original, and let's face it, anything he really touches is gold nowadays. Mm. Um, and then, of course, they did bring it back in 2015 for Jurassic World, and that was that was amazing. That, that, that film was absolutely amazing for that franchise I found, you know? Yeah, um, I I wasn't such a huge fan of of Jurassic World for a number of reasons, but okay. it 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 did bring the the franchise back to life. Um, in terms of this film, what was your sort of favourite parts? You know, what why why do you think this is worth people going to see? There's there's some really great imagery, and I think you could agree that. David, I know you've seen it. I wasn't sure, Craig. Have, have you seen it yet? Yeah, or? yeah, I've, I've I've seen it as well, and 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 I have to agree with the with the imagery. Um, yeah. As we we've mentioned in our review, um, we go into a lot of detail about the cinematic uh, nature of the film, and it is it is um, visually very iconic. Some of the scenes, mm. Um, mm. however, that is contrasted with um, a few nonsensical things as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean the the dock scene. I was going to mention as. Like not trying to give any spoilers away. There's just a scene at the docks with mm. a boat pulling away. I think you guys would agree that scene for cinem- for just cinematic is just beautiful and yep. really great reference to the older films as well. So, hundred percent. That was one of the scenes that I I actually mentioned to David uh, yeah. during yeah. the week before recording this podcast, mm. and I said that was one of my favourite um, visually um, stunning scenes that I that I thought I that I thought was good. Um, in terms of uh, CGI, um, what did you think of that in comparison to the original? Um, well, obviously, it's, it's, it's a lot better. You know, the times have gone gone on and we've got better CGI now. I feel like um, still a few moments that you were like, you had to kind of take a little double look at it yourself. You were like, really? Did that? Mm. Was that, that it? Um, there's a bit where Dinosaur is standing over Owen. And um, it it just looked a bit out of shot almost, I would have said. Mm. Um, like, it, it looked almost a bit far to the left. I don't know why, but <clears throat> I found it good. I found it, I found it good. And then the animatronic side of it as well, a few times when, you know, you got the animatronic instead of the CGI was really good as well, I found. Yeah, see, from in my opinion, um, I almost felt that the original Jurassic Park film almost did it better. Just, just because yeah. I don't, I don't know why, because the CGI is obviously really old in that. It's one of LucasArts' first CGI films that they did, um, but I felt that they probably used more animatronics. They in did it, use a lot more, and it gave it a more realistic feel. Um, mm. In the in in the latest one, I feel like they used a lot more CGI yeah. generated graphics, and it just. Didn't it just took away the personal feeling of of them actually interacting with something that's actually there mm. instead of the little tennis ball on the end of a stick, which is what they <laughs> mainly use to interact with 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 these things. So, no, I, I agree. I agree definitely. Um, there was a scene, like, like I was saying, actually that scene where that dinosaur standing over Owen, and I think it licks his face, doesn't it? Mm. I mean, you, you could have done that with a. With you know animatronic, I think mm. in the original they probably would have as well, yeah. and it was quite it was CGI'd, and I I remember thinking why did they not just use a bit of animatronic? They probably still got that in a basement somewhere in Hollywood, <laughs> you know. From the original they could have just gone just dust it off. Dave, do you mind if we use this? You know, yeah. is, is it good there? I mean, for me the problem no, is is that. that the the human eye and the human brain is always going to find an animatronic more convincing than a CGI simply because it actually exists. It's actually moving. Yeah. And I, you know, after watching uh, Fallen Kingdom, I actually went home and watched the original. And I've got to be honest, the original came out in 1993. It's the 25-year anniversary actually coming up. And, excuse me, I thought, there's not much difference, particularly with the uh, Rexy, the Tyrannosaurus Rex. It almost looks better in the original. Mm. Um, and considering it's 25 years old, I don't think that, you know, you put them next to each other. There's a huge difference. Um, 
My main concern with this film, Jack, was I just thought the the plot was a little bit wishy-washy and a, 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 almost borderline ridiculous, actually. Um, you know, I mean, just... I, I get you. I get you where you're coming from, but I, I actually feel, and I, I don't know if, if you guys will agree, I felt like there was almost two directors for this film. You had the one who did all the island scenes and then the ones off the island. Because on the island, you had some beautiful cin- cinematic pieces, like we said, um, and... I feel you felt more for the characters they were in a bit more danger and then it's almost like when they went to the mainland someone else went right I'll take over from here and mm. then he did the directing on that bit Yeah, I, I know. don't know what it is but I feel <clears throat> like that you know it's, 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 it's two different films really and mm. it, what should have worked in its favour really didn't um, without giving too much away um, but it yeah I know what you mean yeah, it, it, I completely agree it does feel a bit strange. Um, and also, the one thing I would say, the l- last question I'll ask you, what, another one of my concerns about this film was the fact that most of it was shot either indoors or in the dark. You know, mm. the, the great thing about Jurassic Park, the original, um, is w- when it was shot in the dark, it was used to good effect. But, I mean, you've got two islands in the in the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World universe, and... They didn't use the island. The first thing they did was blow the bloody thing up. You know, you've got all that yeah, open no, space where you can get good shots of dinosaurs. And most of the time they were in cages, they were being auctioned off and it was in the dark, which I didn't think was very visually effective. I don't know what you think about that. I uh, know I agree. Um, There's a few shots uh, on the island. Uh, I mean, let's face it, like the most famous one for this film, I think if you went out on the street and said, have you seen any trailer for Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom? What's the first thing you remember? That people are going to remember that bit with the T Rex mm. in front of the volcano. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was an amazing bit. But then again, that's in the trailer. Yeah. So everyone's seen it now. So there's not one I can go. I, I completely agree. There's not one I can go, except for maybe the one on the docks that I can mm. go. There is this scene, and you will just it looks amazing. And I completely agree. It's, it's very dark. Um, I know they've gone for a more dark vibe with this film. Mm. which then I got very annoyed at because um, I don't know if you guys found this, but the, the comedy, mm. I found it very slapstick. It was, yeah. I found it's... I found it like there's a bit, not giving anything away, not trying to spoil anything, where someone's with a dinosaur, they think it's asleep. You know, a very comical scene, let's mm. face it. Uh, I think they did it in, in the originals in one, if I remember rightly. You all think, oh, he's safe. And then the bloke hears a noise behind him. But instead of doing the logical thing of, I'm going to look behind me now, he looks left and right first. Mm. Clearly the noise came from behind him. He knows it, but he's going, no, I'll look forward first. (laughs) Then he looks behind him, then he looks back. Then he looks behind him again, looks back. It's very, very Lauren Hardy slapstick, you know. Mm. Pantomime, it's behind you, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and I found, I was like, I I recently watched Jurassic World again, and it's completely different. There's no, there's good humour in that as well. But there's no slapstick. I don't know why they did it. I don't know if you guys agree, but I don't know why they yeah. did this very slapstick comedy. It's, it's, I don't it's, know if you guys could shed some light. Well, I, I'm not sure why they did it, but let's be honest, it's something that the most sort of films are doing at the minute. Look, if you look at the last Star Wars film, um, that that was very comical as well, and there's a lot of slapstick in that, which was very different to to how the other films had had, had gone. Um, and it just feels like Hollywood at the minute is just trying to chuck a load of humour into these films that didn't have so much humour in them before, just to make them that little bit different. And whether it's working or not is another question, but I think most would agree it's definitely not working. I think also you've got to remember that Chris Pratt originally was a comedic actor. Yeah, Parks and Rec. Parks yeah. and Recreation. Uh, and he, and, and, and no, when he was agree, in that, yeah. he was quite overweight. And, and what's happened is he's trimmed up, he's got in shape. And I remember when he was cast for the original Jurassic World, people said it wouldn't work. And actually, uh, he does work as, a, as an action star as well. But they've tried to incorporate some comedy. And like you said, I, I think it is a bit off in this film. Um, for it, me, didn't, it just didn't suit it, did it? No. Um, yeah, so obviously I'm looking forward to the third one. I think that's the most important one in this mm. series. Um, because I think if they get that right, if they hit the nail on the head, knock it out of the park, I think they will be forgiven for this one. Um, so like yourself, 2021, I shall see you at the cinema. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. just wrapping up this uh, this phone call, Jack, um, for you, 
is Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom worth it? I'm actually going to say yes. I think it is worth it, just due to the nostalgia fact of um, some of the some of the shots and. In there, there is quite a very nice storyline between Owen, who I do actually think, I would like to say, I think they cast Chris Pratt perfectly for him, and Blue. I think there's a great little storyline between them. So I'll say it is worth watching. Awesome. Cheers, Jack. Thank you very much for listening to the show, and thank you very much for featuring on it today. No worries. Keep up the good work, guys. You guys are doing great with it. So, Cheers. You know, keep uh, thank up. you, Jack. Appreciate that, mate. All right, buddy. No thank you. Cheerio. Thanks. Bye. bye. Goodbye. So thank you very much, Jack, for that phone call. That's uh, it's really rounded up our review of, of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And just going back to some of the things that we were talking in there, we were looking at like the CGI, the cinematic nature of the film. And in comparison to all the other films that preceded it, this film doesn't work very well at all at building suspense. It just has, as we've said before, too much emotion, trying to build a connection with, with, the, with the dinosaurs and whatnot. And, and for me... This film just does not work at all, mm. and and it was it felt too long in the cinema. If it, it dragged too much, um, you've got some points that you just want to quickly run through very quickly um, before we just say whether it's worth it for each other. Yeah, so I was such a big fan of the original growing up as a kid, seeing it. It's an absolute masterpiece by Steven Spielberg, and I just feel like almost a little bit like our review. It's a bit confused. It's starting to just become a bit of a mess. Um, this franchise now. Uh, some of the action is far too over the top. You know, when the volcano's going off, you've got so many dinosaurs. You know, you don't get a chance to know what species they are because there's just so many of them hurling themselves off cliff. You know, uh, Chris Pratt sort of running in between them, somehow staying alive. Lack of chemistry between the main characters. Comedy that doesn't work. You know, the genetically modified dinosaurs, again, that I don't think works. Uh, the CGI uh, is used a bit too much. The volcano, you know, never mentioned in any of the previous films. Blue the raptor. People seem to like this. I don't. I want velociraptors to be dangerous and scary, not pets. Um, and also the absurd plot. You know, I, I, if I'm honest, the film is a bit of a mess. Jeff Goldblum comes back and basically speaks at the start and at the end of the film, like in the clip. Um, and most of what you need to see in this film is in the trailers. Yep. And 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 actually, I gave you a little bit of a breakdown. I think 5% of this film is visually iconic. I think there's some very iconic shots. 5%. 45% of it is very average, and 50% of it is pretty dreadful. And that 5%, those that 5% of iconic imagery is actually in the trailers. So overall, I'm a big Jurassic Park fan. I was disappointed with this. Yeah. So, David, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, is it worth it? Yes. For you, it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll explain why. Um, it is worth seeing in the cinema because just because I didn't like it doesn't mean that you won't like it. There are films that are not worth seeing in the cinema. For example, Winchester, yeah. Insidious The Last Key, Wonder Wheel. They are a waste of money. Do not see them in the cinema. This, if you're going to see it, see it in the cinema. See it in IMAX. It's, you know, there it, there are some visually impressive parts. I just think it's a disappointing film, but better to be disappointed in the cinema than be disappointed at home. Yeah, I, I agree. I would agree with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So we're going to move on now and head over to our next film review. So the next review is Book Club. Uh, this is a rom-com, uh, as it's classed on IMDb. Well, actually, it's classed as a comedy on IMDb, isn't it? Hmm. Different. Interesting. Different. Interesting. Um, so what this film is about is four lifelong friends have their lives forever changed after reading Fifty Shades of Grey in their monthly book club. Um, the trailer. We. <laughs> yeah. How did you feel after watching the trailer in the cinema when you saw when you saw the um, other films in the cinema? What did you think? I mean, the trailer didn't massively excite me. Um, I've got to be honest. I th I just thought, ah, you know, we've just had the the, the latest instalment on the cinema of Fifty Shades, and now we've got a, a film about the book. Um, so I wasn't overly excited by the trailer. 
But actually, when I saw the film, I really quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Me too. So the comedy that's in the trailer, you, you actually think, oh, this could be okay. Mm. Um, but the, the best parts of the film, the best comedy, isn't in the trailer, which yeah. is brilliant. Like, yeah. we've, we've always said, uh, well, you've always said that if the trailer's really long, it's probably going to be a pants film. Yeah. Um, this, the trailer wasn't too long in this, and you know it didn't showcase all the best parts of the film, and, and that's great. So we've just reviewed Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, and... The trailer for that had all the best bits. The trailer for this gave us just enough, but actually the best bits of comedy weren't in the trailer. And I was so, so pleased about that. And, you know, really, this was this was actually a, a, a very good film. The, the opening of the film is very, very clever. Um, so the four main characters, we have flashbacks and we see, uh, we basically get their life story, um, which immediately gives us a connection to each of them um and we see how the book club was formed and it's evident that these these four women who are probably in their 60s now yeah i'd say so that sort of age still meet on a monthly basis for this book club and the the cat is put amongst the pigeons when jane fonda's character says we're going to read 50 shades and actually you know it it works it really does work because we see their responses uh, to reading this book, uh, one of the main characters is a um, sort of a very high judge in the American judicial system. And seeing her read this book and then there's sort of online dating and another one of the characters tries to spice up the sex life with her husband. And, you know, I really enjoyed this film. Yeah. I mean, you've got a great cast. Diane Keaton, Jane Fonda, Candice Bergen, Mary Steenberg- uh, Steenbergen. Really great actresses. Mm. Um, you know, they've been in some really iconic films themselves. And then they've all come together to make this film. And I think actually some of them have actually crossed over and, and, and worked together before. Mm. And you've got already a really great connection with themselves in real life and, and then in the film as well. And and it worked really, mm. really, really well. I mean, I'm just looking at the screen here. There's a, a there's an advert for I Feel Pretty. And the, the, it's that's a similar film in the sense that it's sort of pitched at, Women at you know yeah it's, the it's female, a female audience, audience. Yeah. but out of the two films I feel pretty and book club I would recommend book club I think you'll get more out of it I think it's sort of a more original film really and and also I'd like to say it's nice to see a film about people who are I don't want to say elderly but of age is that a fair way of putting it that aren't yeah, slightly older that aren't yeah. unwell. You know, that aren't, yeah. because yeah. a lot of films that depict people of of an older generation, of an older generation, yeah. think of Edie, for example, it's yeah. they're old. Oh, look, she's going to climb a mountain. This is inspiring. Whereas actually this is saying just because you're old doesn't mean that you or, or you know, I don't want to say old. No, because they're, they're not, they're not old. that old. They're not really that old. I mean, they're between the ages of 50 and 60, really. And yeah, that's 50 and that's 65. Not, that's not that old. But, yeah. it, um, but it's refreshing yeah. to see them. In a in a rom com, basically with yeah. uh, with with older characters, and like I said, normally th- th- people of this sort of age group are in these sort of inspiring, life changing films, or they're unwell. Um, so I, you know, I thought this was surprisingly good. Yeah, me too. Um, we've actually got an email here from Kaylee, who's uh, who's written in about the film, uh, and she says, "Hey, Craig, please see below uh, my review opinion on Book Club. I hope it's okay." Uh, she said, don't be fooled into thinking this is another addition to the Fifty Shades family. Book Club is only loosely based around the Fifty Shades trilogy. Uh, riding on the back of E.L. James's BDSM masterpiece hype book, uh, uh, sorry, hype book club is basically a comical romantic chick flick about four friends looking to revive their dwindling non-existent sex lives. Although the four leads never get around to creating their own red room, uh, <laughs> one of them does create a Bumble account. Saucy, right? Um, the film mm. opens with a short narration and photograph display of how Book Club uh, first came about. Cleverly, their first book to review uh, uh, and was read was was Fear of Flying by Erica Jones, in keeping with the with the sexy Fifty Shades theme. Uh, we are introduced to our four leads: uh, Candice Bergen, who plays Sharon, a non uh, a no nonsense, straight up federal judge who divorced her drab ex husband 16 years ago and still hasn't dated. Uh, Jane Fonda, who plays Vivian, uh, which is Kaylee's favourite character, she's put there. Um, a headstrong, powerful uh, hotelier who knows what she wants and isn't afraid to get it. 
but has some commitment issues. Mm. Uh, Mary Steenburgh, who plays Carol, a highly successful chef who wants to revive her multi, uh, oh, multi-decade, I can't read it, <laughs> multi-decade marriage, which has been uh, passionless since her husband's Craig T. Nelson's retirement. Uh, Diane Keaton, who plays Diana, recently a widowed mum of two, overbearing daughters, uh, the never-changing uh, Alicia Silverstone and Katie Hazelton. Sorry, my reading, I my reading glasses with this. Uh, the story kicks off with Diane flying over to Arizona to see her daughters and in the process mimics the Anastasia's fluke meeting with Christian Grey when she catches the eye of a handsome pilot named Michael, um, who's played by Andy Garcia. Uh, meanwhile, Sharon joins the bum, uh, joins Bumble, but it, uh, but it's it is Vivian uh, who bumps into possibly her only one true love, uh, who is the music producer Arthur, played by Don Johnson. Uh, while Carol lovingly tries to inject some passion into her, her into her marriage with Bruce uh, by singing, uh, signing them up to a dance to dance lessons, uh, with nonstop laughs and odd. With the odd, awkward first encounter, Book Club is a well-written script, a real slapstick, easy-to-watch rom-com, although there were parts which dragged out too long and could have been dropped as they didn't contribute to the overall storyline. I would recommend this film for a feel-good, light-hearted, not-a-serious-night-in with your better half or the girls. There's a something for everyone um, and a great and a great few laughs. Uh, okay. Um yeah, I mean, Kaylee, that was a, a pretty good summary of the film, um, and, and I completely agree with everything. Pretty much, you said that it's it is a, a great rom com comedy film. Um, near to the end is where it sort of more becomes the the rom com aspect of the film because it does start a little bit more on the air of sort of just comedy, really, mm. doesn't it? And it's quick fire comedy, and then it does seem seem to drag a little bit where the comedy stops. And the romantic element starts to kick in. Um, for me, that was the only part where I would take away it wasn't wasn't so good. But other than that, the the film was an easy watch, and mm. and it made me laugh a lot. The, in the screening as well. I mean, when we went to the, go to, to see it, though, it was just full of girls and and women in the, in the, in the screening, which is. Yeah, it was. Um, so I, I went to see it in quite a small screening. So the cinema was absolutely packed and I was literally the only male in there. Um, but the audience loved it. I mean, the audience really did love it. And, you know, I think what Kaylee says in her email, you know, it's it's a very easy watch and you will not be disappointed with this film. You know, you may not love it, but you will not be disappointed. It's just a very solid rom-com and it's, and it's nice to see something a little bit different. Yeah, I, yeah, I completely agree. Um, so, David, book club, is it worth it? Yes, uh, I, 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 you know, I really do recommend this film. I, ju- I just think it's, 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 it's very good. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, I, I, you know, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I, I loved it as well, and it's definitely worth going to see in the cinema. Go with whoever you want to go with. Um, Kaylee, we're going to give you a couple of tickets to go and see something else in the cinema. Um, so you can go and see another rom-com when they come out or some action films, whatever you want to go and see. Yes. Uh, so we will be giving you two uh, tickets to Cineworld and that's because you sent us an email. So if you would like some uh, free cinema tickets, why not drop us an email and you might be on next week's show. Yeah. So to do that, you just need to email us at mymailisworthit at gmail.com. Um, or you can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Bumble for David. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Still no luck. Oh, well, that judge had more luck on Bumble than I did. She had a lot of luck. And she did. Somehow she put up some most ridiculous pictures. And yeah. Still got we won't, some, we won't no, give that part of the plot yeah, away, but it's, it's a very, very good film. One. So let's move on to the final film the uh, podcast so it's <clears throat> so it's time for our final review and we are reviewing the very very disturbing hereditary this is one of the latest horror films to grace our cinemas and the plot is really quite simple um Uh, It focuses on one particular family and the film opens with the passing of the family's grandmother. So Tony Collette's mum passes away. And what we have is a grieving family which becomes haunted by very tragic and very disturbing 
uh, occurrences. And what happens is slowly but surely it starts to unravel dark secrets about the past of all of the characters. I think one of the best things about this film is the real focus on this dysfunctional family. Mm. It's quite a unique look at one family in quite, uh, you know, close detail. detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that is perfectly summarised in this clip. You okay, Mum? What? Is there something on your mind? Is there something on your mind? It just seems like there might be something you want to say. Yeah. Like what? I mean, why would I want to say something so I could watch you sneer at me? Sneer at you? I don't ever sneer at you. Oh, sweetie, you don't have to. You get your point across. Okay, so fine. Then say what you want to say then. Peter. I don't want to say anything. I've tried. Same okay, thing. so try again. Release yourself. Oh, release you, you mean? Yeah, fine. Release me. Just say it. Just say it. Don't you swear at me, you little shit. Don't you ever raise your voice at me. I am your mother. Do you understand? So I think that clip perfectly sums up the the first act of this film. It's the family dysfunction that goes on with this film that is the best aspect for me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you've got Peter, who is played by Alex Wolf, who really is a really great actor in this film. Yes, he um, is, yeah. And uh, Tony Collette as well, um, who plays Peter's mum, Annie. Um, together, their relationship is very, very dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the whole film is building up to this, I don't know, something is going to happen. Yeah. But you don't really find out until the end what it what it really is. And we we don't want to give any way give away any spoilers as to what actually happens because it would definitely ruin the film for you. But it works incredibly well in the first act, the the, the family dysfunction. It's the it's what happens after that that where the film starts to unravel and doesn't really work for me. And <laughs> It's hard for us to explain what goes on without giving away yeah. too much, but it's yeah, I, I, it's really hard. <laughs> it, th really this hard. is this is a very tough one to review because if if you watch the trailer, um, you it doesn't actually give you anything about the plot, which in in many ways is good. What I will say about this film is this is, in my opinion, one of the most psychologically disturbing films that I've seen in a very, very long time. So it's not a horror in the sense of boo, ah, you know, but it's a, it's a, a psychological horror. You know, the things that happen in this film, the, the themes that it touches upon and the performances that are given, it is really, really disturbing. Um, you know, it's, it's not a film that, that you're going to jump at, although there are a few jumpy moments, but it is a film that will psychologically damage you. Mm. Um, it, you know, when you leave the cinema, you will take this film with you. And and I'm going to be honest, I watched this on my own. I was due to watch it with Craig, but unfortunately I was doing a bit of gardening and ended up setting fire to myself. Um, <laughs> but so I, I had to watch it on my own after a, a, a quick trip to the urgent care center. And my word, it, I didn't. Oh, it really f affected me. This film, Craig. No, I know it did, and it, it, it was it for me as well. Watching it on my own, it was difficult to watch because mm. it, there is some real horrific things that happen yeah. within the film, and it is very graphic as well. Um, so if you're yes. going into the film thinking that this is going to be something that's just going to, you know, scare you in the sense that there's going to be lots of things jumping out, mm. it's not one of those films no. at all. It's it's a psychological thriller, as you've said, and. Mm. And that's just harking back to, as you've said to me earlier, this is the sort of an original horror in the sense of yeah. that it's it's not a typical Hollywood film where it's just out to scare you with loud music and and lots of booze like Winchester and Insidious, and, Insidious. Yeah. and and in that sense the film works very well. It just becomes absurd in mm. in the storyline and the plot. You know, the true horror film fans are. Probably not going to like this film, I think. Depends what you define as true horror, though. I think, uh, I think the the true horror fan films are are people that really like real 
gory stuff that is real scary. This this is it's gory, but it's not that gory in the sense that there's there's more that could have happened that was even worse, I'd say. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of comparisons with with the Omen. Um, yeah, well, I, I was about I mean, the Exorcist as well. They yeah. say about the modern day Exorcist. I would say that this film is Omen esque in the sense that you can't compare it to the the Omen because the the Omen is a, an absolute classic. It's a phenomenal film, but it's Omen esque in the sense that when you're watching, you, there's something not right with it. Mm. There's something disturbing the people who created this film you you worry about them in a sense because yeah. this is and uh, th- this is why i like it craig because it's it's a psychological mind beep yeah yeah um and and that and and, I, and that's what i like about it you know i've got a friend who's a uh a, a cine world unlimited card holder and they basically said oh well n- nothing really happened and the ending was ridiculous and in many senses that that that's that's fair enough not a lot happens in the film but that's the point it builds suspense so when something does happen and there are some moments here that are that are shocking and i mean shocking um i really really enjoyed this film i mean th- there are parts of it that are complete tosh i mean the ending is somewhat ridiculous and that's a shame but for a f- for a horror film, I haven't seen anything for a long while that psychologically is as scary as this. And Millie Shapiro, who plays Charlie, um, Tony uh, Coletti's um, daughter, she's fantastic in this. She's really quite scary, you know, like, almost like in The Omen, you know, the child in that. Very scary. And, you know, I I really think this film's worth seeing. So do I. Um, and I'm still slightly disturbed by it. Yeah. You know, it, it's definitely worth going to see. We don't even need to ask the question, really, yeah. do we? Because it, it is worth going to see in the cinema. It has to be seen in the cinema, I think. Yeah. Um, and however, like... however, there are there is obviously bad aspects of the film mm. that doesn't work, and it's mainly plot. Yeah. But cinematically, it was really well shot, and there's some really great cinematic techniques used in this mm. film. Um, and. Yeah. yeah, the with the she's obviously a model maker, so she makes very minute models. I mean, that opening scene. Yeah, it's scary. It's it, very well, effective. The opening scene where it, it's the camera is outside of a model, yeah, it, and it zooms in to the model, and it's in real life. Yeah, then. the model becomes the house. The, yeah, and um, it really does open up the film to be something very special, and that is the whole first act is is pretty much following those cinematic techniques and 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 building that this suspense up for then going into something that's the mm. final act that's just ridiculous and unfortunate I, really. yeah and, and and the final point what separates this film i think from other horror films is the 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 real focus almost like a drama on the the dysfunctional family but the acting performances that are given um the the two child actors are fantastic both the parents are brilliant and there's some really good scenes in this. And I said to you, I mean, I might be talking nonsense, but I wouldn't be surprised to see this film in and around award season. Mm. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm not saying big, big, big awards like Oscars or Golden Globes or BAFTAs, but I think this is a film that is going to be given the respect that it deserves because I think it's a very unique and interesting film. So in my opinion... Hereditary, 100% worth it. I think you will come away having had a unique cinema experience. Yeah, for sure. Um, We would love to hear your views on this film as well. So please, please, please get in touch with us. Um, You can do so, uh, as we've already mentioned many times. Uh, Email mymailisworthit at gmail.com. You can uh, message us on Facebook, uh, on Twitter, uh, and all the other social media outlets that we are on as well. Um, And uh, we're going to just head over to the end of the podcast and, and round it up now with with the uh, other little bits that we put in I'm, I'm rambling massively <laughs> now um, yeah let's go and do that we can probably cut that should we cut that we'll go back to where we were we, can probably, we could have probably just gone
so thank you very much for listening to week 13 of Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast, where we go out of our way to see almost all the films in the cinema. Apart from show dogs. Um, <laughs> even we, the bad ones. Even the bad ones. So you don't I've just to. realised three films this week, and you couldn't have three more different films. Rom-com, horror, action, and... None of them are perfect. All of them have their faults, but actually, all three, I believe, are worth seeing. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. It's uh, it's been an odd week, really, hasn't it? Really? Yeah, uh, and I'm still haunted by Hereditary. Oh, what a film! Um, thank you very much to Kaylee for her email. You have two uh, Cineworld tickets coming your way, and also thank you very much to Jack for the phone call. Um, if you're still listening, which I'm pretty sure you are, you also, my friend, will be receiving two free cinema tickets to any Cineworld in the UK, including IMAX. Um, that brings us to an end of a fairly short but also fairly long um, week 13 of Is It Worth It? Yeah. Um, we'd like to thank our friends over at Cineworld Hemel Hempstead for all the support that they give us. Um, and if you'd like to get £10 off your first month's unlimited card, just use the code is it worth it uh, and that will get you that 10 pounds off uh, which makes it very good value for money for that first month and going forward as well um, for each subsequent month it is very good value for money we love using our unlimited card and the facilities at Hemel we do indeed indeed <laughs> we do indeed um enjoy the cinema enjoy the world cup come on england um probably by the time we put another podcast that will be out <laughs> that's how it's <laughs> Yeah, so uh, listen out for week 14. Yeah. Blimey, we've made it this far, haven't we? Yeah, we're doing well. Week 14, and there will be more films. And hopefully we'll have posters up in the cinema soon. Posters are coming. Oh, there's many things happening. Dinosaurs, dinosaurs everywhere. Goodbye. Thank you very much for listening. Have a good week. Goodbye. <laughs> no, no, don't. <laughs> oh, no. No one's gonna get that. <laughs> if you if you if you watch hereditary you will you will get that. Let's let's leave it there. Mm-hmm.